Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. Entree Architect membership has monthly training, unlimited access to all our business resources, and a private member forum with hundreds of entrepreneur architects just like you. Everything you need to build a better business is available now at EntreeArchitect.com. My name is Mark R. LePage, and you are listening to Entree Architect Podcast, where I speak with inspiring, passionate people who share their knowledge and expertise, all to help you build a better business as a small firm entrepreneur architect. This is episode 258, and this week I'm with my friend Haleli Azulai, and we're talking about how to live a more fulfilling life by working from your greatest strengths. This episode of Entree Architect Podcast is supported by our platform sponsors, Gusto. Gusto is refreshingly easy payroll, benefits, and HR for the modern small business. RCAT, the online resource delivering quality building material information, CAD details, BIM, specifications, and so much more at RCAT.com, and FreshBooks, the cloud-based accounting software that makes running your small firm easy, fast, and secure. Spend less time on accounting and more time doing the work you love. Haleli Azulai, welcome back to Entree Architect Podcast. Thanks so much, Mark. I'm really happy to be back. Yeah, this is going to be fun. You were here not too long ago, episode 236, I think it was back in September of 2018. Um, We were talking about networking at the time. That's a great episode. So go back to that if if you're interested in learning about how to build a network without feeling icky. That was the title, without feeling icky. If you, if, you, right. if you are sort of uncomfortable about 
uh, networking. That was an excellent episode. Really powerful. We got a lot of feedback from that. Um, and that's why I invited Haleli back here to the show. Um, if you don't know, if you haven't listened to that episode, if you don't know who Haleli is, let me let you know who that Haleli is. Haleli Azulai is an author, speaker, uh, facilitator, and leadership development strategist, uh, and an expert in leadership, communication skills, and emotional intelligence. She's the author of two books, Employee Development on a Shoestring and Strength to Strength, um, How Working from Your Strengths Can Help You Lead a More Fulfilling Life, which we're going to try to dive into today because it's two of my favorite topics, fulfilling life. I love that. And strengths. Yeah. I love the whole concept, the whole idea, the whole study on strength. So this is going to be fun. Um, her books, her workshops, and her retreats build on her 20-plus years of professional experience in communication and leadership development. Uh, she's the president of Talent Grow, uh, a consulting company she founded in 2006 to develop leaders and teams, especially for enterprises uh, experiencing explosive growth or expansion. She also publishes a blog and a weekly leadership podcast called The Talent Grow Show. So go check that out. We have a link to that on the show notes. You can go to entrearchitect.com slash episode 258 for the links to everything. So, Haleli, we already went through your origin story. We know where you came from. We know what inspired you to, to do what you're doing today. So they can go back to episode 236 to learn all about your early days. Today, I want, I want to dive right into strengths because I love this topic and I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, let's start with sort of some basics. What does that mean to live a more fulfilling life by working from your greatest strengths? What does that mean? And, and how, do we, how do we get there? Yeah. And I, I feel like I want to define strengths first. Okay? Yeah, yeah, because, yeah, yeah. you know, it's, it's not like it seems really obvious, but sometimes people uh, conflate it with a couple of other words like talent mm -hmm. okay. and passion, you know, and skills. And these are all slightly different things. So the way that I like to define strength comes from a definition that I didn't come up with, but I agree with that was, um, written by Marcus Buckingham, who some people say is the father of the strengths movement. And uh, he said that str a strength is talent plus knowledge plus skills. So if you think about that, break it down. We, every one of us has innate talents, right? Patterns of thought, feelings or behaviors that cannot be learned that we're born with. And each of us, and we've all experienced this, and if you have children or have been around children, you see that it just comes out right away. When my older son was a baby, when he just learned how to stand, he would stand at the living room table and drum on the coffee table. <laughs> I don't think most babies do it, especially when like Sting is playing in the background and he's perfectly on beat. Yeah. Yeah. So that's an, a talent. He yep. is talented musically and he was born with it. We didn't teach him. He wasn't watching YouTube videos of how to drum on coffee tables. But that's one thing. But the other thing is knowledge and skills. So if you want to be, let's say, a professional drummer to just follow that yeah. through, well, you do need to know technique. You need to know how to read notes if you want to be serious. And that's something that you have to learn. It doesn't you don't come born with it. And also skill is something that you develop through practice, through mindful practice. And all of us know that there are certain things that we're naturally good at, but it only takes us to a certain point. And after that, 
we're not that excellent at it compared to other people because we never tried to really hone that by practicing, by increasing our knowledge. So strength is talent plus knowledge plus skills. So when you put, when you put that package together, then you kind of need, if, if you, if you take out talent from the equation and you know, you, I, I, for example, I bet I could be an excellent accountant because I could learn, I'm smart enough. I could learn accounting techniques. I could like really study it and then I could practice it and practice it until my eyes bleed and I could become quite competent at being an accountant, right. but I will give you a secret. If you want me to die a slow and painful <laughs> death, <laughs> you, you make me be an accountant because there isn't many things that I hated more when I learned them or when you expose me to thinking about them yeah, than yeah. accounting. <laughs> well, you're getting, uh, you're, I guarantee you, you're getting lots of uh, acknowledgement from our listeners right yes. now as these small firm architects are shaking yeah. their heads and saying, yes, yeah. yes, yeah. amen. Right. So like, okay, so I could hide under a rock and never touch it. Or I could develop some skill and knowledge so that I can be good enough, you know, competent enough to do what I need to. And we can talk about this more later. As a business owner, you might be able to outsource this altogether so that you don't have to touch it. And you, you know, you just know enough to know that if it's working or not working or whatever, but you don't want to know more about it. That's how I take it. (laughs) But but it's it's not a strength and it will never be a strength. So if I try to incorporate a lot of things into my work that are not tapping into my strengths, I am not going to be able to live a fulfilling life, mm-hmm. right? If you think about that, if I chose that as a profession because someone told me, you know, you make good money as an accountant, it's a really solid profession, you know, it's really respectable, you will never be hungry for work, um, it's, you know, it's it's a lot more... Um, it's a lot easier than accounting, than architecture or, you know, whatever it is, or drumming or whatever. Fine. I could try to do it, but I won't be happy mm-hmm. because I'm not tapping into something that is also an innate talent. So talent plus knowledge plus skills, because if my, and I tell you, my son, um, he might not like that. I'll give this example, but we'll take it forward. He's 21. <laughs> <laughs> He's 21 now. We started him on drum lessons very early. In fact, we had to uh, convince the teacher to take him at age three and age five, because usually people don't take drumming students until age eight when they've matured enough to be able to sit still. But he had such unbelievable talent that we wanted to develop it. And we got him into the lessons and he learned fast and he developed a lot better, but he wouldn't practice. He didn't like to practice. And after a while we were like, okay, we're throwing away money. You need to practice for us to keep giving you these lessons or else we're not going to be able to benefit from them. And ultimately he chose, we allowed, we weren't tiger parents enough that we let him drop out. We, we said, you know, we're not like, you're not practicing, you're done. And he didn't continue taking lessons. He started taking uh, lessons again when he turned 18 and he chose to. And even then he didn't practice. That's just something in his personality we can talk about on another, maybe our third show. (laughs) (laughs) Why do people do this? But he's awesome. He's so, so, so super talented. But, you know, for it to be a strength and for him to live a fulfilling life as a drummer, he can't just go on talent. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, And that's so important to understand that, that talent and knowledge and skill. Um, because I think there are a lot of architects out there that sort of are struggling and are not too happy and don't know why. And maybe it's because architecture is not your strength, you know, maybe. and maybe there's something in the profession that you can tap into 
and not have to leave the profession, but be much happier, much have a much That's- more fulfilling life, uh, because maybe the the design of architecture or putting together architectural drawings um, or working with clients or you know I could tell you that my wife, my partner, uh, who's an architect as well, um, hates communicating with clients. Just completely hates it because that's not one of her strengths. Her strength is design. She can sit mm-hmm. there and she can design the most beautiful architecture in the world. But when she has to communicate that to a client, she hates it. Yeah. And so you have to sort of find your place and how you that's how you can leverage your strengths to live a more fulfilling life is to find that. And you know what your strengths is, right? I mean, you're, what your strengths are. Because when you're doing it, you're fulfilled. I mean, you're, you're literally full. Yeah. Right? It comes I, out of you. Yeah, I mean, I actually have five clues. Yeah, let's talk uh, or about five that. ways to get some clues. It, I agree with you that I think most people already have lots of information that they've gleaned over their over their life about what their strengths are. But um, the fir- I would say the first thing that's easiest for us to tap into is uh, like a yearning. There's like a magnetic pull that draws you towards particular activities or turn towards particular environments again and again. That is, again, not maybe not sufficient, but important for a clue about what your strengths might be. So, um, you know, what do you keep finding yourself doing, you know, or what do you keep wanting to do that you don't get to do? So, uh, like for me, I have a natural strength at dancing but I don't get to do it very much. And I actually feel sometimes I'm not a woo-woo person, but sometimes I can say like my soul aches. Mm-hmm. When I'm not dancing for a long time, I feel that in in every part of my body, like I need it. And when I dance, I feel like I've, I've nurtured my soul. You know, there's certain things that give you that kind of satisfaction. The other thing that you mentioned is that sense of uh, flow. I don't know if you're familiar with the concept of flow. It was... Uh, something that was initially coined, I guess, by a researcher whose name is so hard to spell and so yeah. hard, it's yeah. so hard to say, we'll go back and Google it later. It's a uh, Mihai, okay, let me say it again. Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. Yeah. He's, he's over at uh, Claremont Graduate University. And uh, that sense of flow is when you lose sense of time. When, when you don't notice that you're hungry, you don't notice time has passed. If you've ever been in an engrossed in something and then you like, you suddenly pick your head up and it's like, oh my God, it's been three hours and I forgot about lunch. And I like, you just, and it's not necessarily that it's all like, you know, unicorns and rainbows. There may be struggle in whatever it is that you're doing. There may be times when you're like really working hard or you really can't figure out a problem, a solution to a problem. I mean, it's not all just naturally like, uh, you know, some kind of a trippy high, but it's a zone that you're in, like in the zone or in the flow that you don't notice anything else. That's a really good sign that you might be working to your strengths. Yeah. I I think some architects experience that when they're designing, if, if design is your strength, when you're sort of focused on what you're doing and you're, you're designing and you're ripping the trace off and you're sketching over it, or you're working on the computer and you just, it's just keeps going and getting, and then you pick your head up and you realize, oh, it's dark outside. Yeah. You know, I've been doing this all day long and it feels like I just started because you were so involved in it and it was just part of who you were and it was just happening. Yeah. And if like, for example, if you're the kind of person who loves talking to clients as you're, you're saying your wife t- hates, but if you're the kind of person for whom that's a really pleasurable activity. That's and- my strength. 
Yeah. And I bet then, Mark, um, that if you sometimes get into an interesting conversation with a client and you're supposed to only talk to them for a half hour, that's all they've (laughs) paid for. I bet you that sometimes you have to like set up three clocks in front of you because otherwise you'll just talk to them forever because you love it. I'm just I'm shaking my head because it just happened yesterday. It literally <laughs> just happened yesterday. It was supposed to be a quick meeting, and I was there for over an hour just talking yeah. about all kinds of things. Was, yeah. Just loved communicating with them. Yeah, so it's a good example, right? So those are two clues. I have five. Yeah. Another one is rapid learning. So if you are the kind of person who learns, if, there, if there's something that you seem to learn faster than other people, like you just get it, you know, you you and especially – when you love something, you also seek to learn more about it. I mean, there's like a nice symbiotic or, or kind of a positive um, uh, circular relationship between getting more knowledge if it's, you know, if it's yeah. based on something like a, that you a, a do. Synergy. Synergy, yeah. So if you're, but if you, when you try to learn about it, you seem to learn really fast and it goes like, uh, easy, you know, you, once you learn it, you spark and you, then you learn something new and you learn it quick, then that's a sign. It could be a sign. Again, I mean, sm- really smart people sometimes learn a lot of things really right, fast. Right, yep. So like I said, I could probably learn certain things fast that would not be a strength of mine, but that is part of that kind of uh, equation. And, and then two others, satisfaction and glimpses of excellence. So satisfaction means that you enjoy, you enjoy doing it. You enjoy learning about it. You enjoy the challenge of it. You enjoy solving problems related to it. And you get a sense of fulfillment from that activity. Because again, being good at something doesn't necessarily mean you get pleasure from it or satisfaction from it. But when you do, that might be part of the clues about the things that are your strengths and glimpses of excellence are, again, you see how all of these are interrelated, but you know, sometimes when you can learn and you can spend a lot of times trying to learn something, but you'll never really, you'll never really be excellent at it, you know, but when you are working from your strengths and you work hard to learn something and develop your skills, then a lot of times you kind of leap forward faster and farther than other people who try to do it. Yeah. And this, I think, is also where there is a clue to why people who promote working to your strengths, like I do, say that if you really want to do great work and to be happy and fulfilled, you need to have that excellence, in my opinion. You need to have that excellence in the equation because if you just do things because you can learn them and you can become really good at them, I think that when you're not working to your strengths, there's a cap to how good you can possibly yeah. become. This, and that is not you, especially as a business owner, if you want to differentiate yourself, you're and you're capped. That's not a good story. Yeah. Yeah. Does does the excellence sort of tie back to the definition of strength with talent, knowledge, and skills? That excellence is sort of the the equation right that's the other yes. end of that that when you yes. have talent and knowledge and skills it equals excellence yeah i think so because again like think about the the drummer experience you can be so naturally talented but he you know if you put him in a lineup to audition for something and he's up against people who spent more time practicing and more time learning maybe they have equal natural strength uh, natural talent this is where we fall into that trap of using the word interchangeably right. it's not the same yep. um you 
you're capped. But also, if you don't have that talent, you can study and study and practice and practice. But the person who has all three is going to pass you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I experienced that when I interview for a new project. Because I've been doing it for a long time. I've developed the system. I'm, it's, I'm really good at it. You know, I have a talent for connecting with people. Um, I have the knowledge over time. I've developed these systems. I have the skills be, by practicing it over and over again. And so I would have these meetings. And when I leave the meeting, I have that glimpse of excellence. I have that feeling inside me that says, wow, that went really well. And I'm really good at that. You know, I, yeah. that happens to me often when I leave those meetings, that thought in my mind, that phrase, I'm really good at that pops into my head all the time. And I say, mm. I need, I need to do more of that. Okay. So I bet that everyone listening has had, I'm hoping, okay, let's, I'm, I'll be optimistic. I'm hoping that everyone listening has at least experienced that at some point in their life. And I hope for everyone who's listening that they've experienced it recently. And what I'm trying to promote here is that more of us experience that more often in our work because, and, and so I would say if you're, if you ever experienced, like you just said, Oh, I really was, I'm really good at that. I really feel this. You should write that down somewhere. This is like an actionable tip for me. Keep a journal or keep track. If you're trying to increase your ability to work from your strengths, then keep track of when the clues pop up, when they pop into consciousness like that. And you got that little voice inside of you that says, I feel good. This is great. I feel excellent. I was good at that. When you have that feeling, you need to write that down. And in fact, take some time either in the moment or a little bit later, but not a lot later to try to act, to actually dig into like even more specifics, like <clears throat> excuse me, like, okay, what specifically do I feel in my body? Yeah. And what's causing what, that feeling? Yeah. Yeah. Like try to kind of deconstruct mm-hmm. the outcome that you're experiencing, which is like your body serving you that final, uh, therefore you should do this more often. Cause that's what your body is serving you. It's serving you a hit of dopamine. Yeah. It's serving you a hit of oxytocin. It's serving you feel good chemicals because your body is designed to keep you doing what you should be doing right. and st- and stay away from the things you shouldn't. So when you do something that makes you feel disgusted, repelled, uh, annoyed, depressed, like th- your body's going to serve you chemical signs that say, Don't touch the hot stove, go away, right? So if we tap into that, then that's fine. But if you can try to deconstruct rationally, okay, what about this? Then you can repeat, right? You can repeat the things you should be repeating if you try to drill into why are you feeling this way? So that's a big um, tip that I can give people who are trying to figure out like, what is it for me? We'll be right back to our conversation after this quick break to say thank you to our platform sponsors at Entree Architect, Gusto, RCAT, and FreshBooks. Payroll and benefits are hard, especially when you're a small business. You don't have time to be an expert in things like taxes and regulations. And old school payroll providers, they just don't get it. They aren't built for the way that we work today. Gusto is making payroll benefits and HR easy for small businesses. They're different. Modern technology does the heavy lifting, so it's easy for you to get things right. You no longer have to be a big company to get the great technology, those great benefits, and the great service for your team. To help support this show, the Entree Architect podcast, 
Gusto is offering our listeners an exclusive limited time deal. Sign up today and you'll get three months, three months free. Once you run your first payroll, just go to entrearchitect.com slash gusto and claim your free three months of payroll processing today. entrearchitect.com slash gusto. For years, when I needed information on manufacturers' products, I headed straight to Google. Then I sifted through the hundreds of results to find the one or two that might be the link to the product that I'm looking for. And more often than not, the link was not what I was seeking. It was outdated or didn't meet my requirements, so I went back to the search engine and started all over again. And this could take all afternoon to find the two or three products that I need. Does this sound familiar? I know you've done this. There is a better way. It's called RCAT. RCAT.com, A-R-C-A-T.com. Find what you're looking for in seconds. Building product information, BIM, CAD, and custom specifications using their exclusive tool, SpecWizard. So make RCAT part of your efficient project workflow. Just type in entrearchitect.com slash RCAT in the internet browser and add that to your favorites. Just click that little favorites button, make RCAT your favorites, and then visit RCAT for every project. Make it part of your workflow. Find what you need fast and make more money on every project. entrearchitect.com slash RCAT. That's entrearchitect.com slash A-R-C-A-T. FreshBooks makes it simple to send invoices, post your expenses automatically, track your time for your whole team, buy project, and get organized with reports, communication, and notifications. Getting started with FreshBooks is ridiculously easy. Most people send their first invoice just seconds after starting their free trial. And the same goes for time tracking, managing expenses, collaborating with contractors, and viewing financial reports. It's fast and easy. And if you need help at any time, free award-winning customer service is just a phone call or an email away. And if you ever have second thoughts, don't worry. On top of our free trial here for Entree Architect listeners, you get a 30-day money-back guarantee so you don't ever have to worry about choosing FreshBooks. So give FreshBooks a try. Try it free for 30 days. Just visit entrearchitect.com slash FreshBooks and then let them know that we sent you by sharing Entree Architect in the How Did You Hear About Us section. That's entrearchitect.com slash FreshBooks to access your free, unlimited 30-day trial. Gusto, RCAT, and FreshBooks. Please visit our platform sponsors today and thank them for supporting you, the Entree Architect community. But I want to ask you, let's drill into you because yeah. you just said, I just felt this. Yeah. So let's, I mean, should we do yeah, that absolutely. exercise? Yeah, I'm let's happy to do, do that. Let's do it together. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So like, okay, well, what, like, what did you feel? I, I feel, I feel happy for mm-hmm. one, you know, I, I, I feel joy that, that, um, I, I respond very well with positive recognition and positive, positive support from other people that when I get positive feedback, I say this all the time on, on the, on the show. And I, I write it all the time in the Facebook group that when someone acknowledges the work that I do is helping them, which is the key. It has to help someone else. Um, when I do that, it's fuel for me. And I love using that word that it's fuel. It's yes. the thing that keeps me going. It's the thing that energizes me. If I'm, if I'm the engine, 
that positive recognition that I'm doing something good for someone else so they can they can thrive, which is what the entire Entree Architect platform is built on, mm-hmm. um, I that's fuel for me. It makes me want to do more. It makes me want to grow it. It makes me want to, uh, to, to share it with more people, to impact the entire profession because someone said, you helped me get somewhere beyond where I am now. And so that's the feeling I get when I go to a client's house and I have this initial meeting, and th- that initial meeting is critical. It's not the end. It's not the final meeting when I'm walking through the house. I like that too, and I get the re- acknowledgement and the recognition from the architecture that we've designed. But that first meeting, when someone's coming to me with a problem, and their life is messed up because something in their architecture is not right, and I could walk through that meeting with them, and I could show them what's wrong. Why is why is that feeling that you're having, or that experience that you're experiencing? is being caused by the way you're living through the architecture that, that you're living within. And, and the light bulbs go off in them. And when those light bulbs go off, then they acknowledge, that's amazing. How did yeah. you know that? You're going to change my life. And that's how we get the job because they say, well, this guy knows what he's talking about. But that's why I get that feeling. When I leave, I've changed someone's life. I've made, it yeah. a, I made, a, I made a difference. Yeah. You know what I really like? You're very self-aware, Mark, so this is cool. Um, some people don't even have, like what you just described is probably not something that you came up with overnight. You know, it took a lot of self reflection and introspection on your part. I'm guessing this is what I, what I see in people that are, that are following their, their passion. It's often been, uh, rather than just falling into it with serendipity, it's, it's pursuing it with intention. But you, you've created a distinction that's really refined between two things that are happening there and figured out which of those two things is the one you specifically mm. seek for fuel because you described a light bulb and then you described the acknowledgement of your creating the light bulb. Mm. And the thing that gives you fuel, you said yep. was them acknowledging it, right. them feeling grateful and, and expressing their gratitude to you, right. their appreciation for you turning on a light bulb for them through your knowledge and, and the service that you can provide. And some people, this is where this is so important for us each to think about ourselves. We're different. For some people, the light bulb is enough. Right. And the gratitude or the expression, they don't mind it. Yeah. But it's not that they're going to be lacking fuel if, the, if they can just, if they can observe yeah. the light bulb, that fuels them. Right. And that's all they need. Yeah, the dopamine hit that you talked about, which yes. I'm just making that connection, that the dopamine is the fuel, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. That's the thing that's that's firing off in my brain that makes me feel good, that yes. I call fuel. It's yeah. actually a chemical in my brain saying, when you do that, you, get, you feel good. Yes. And your brain literally makes your body feel good. That's right. And so for some people, extending the knowledge, that step where I'm sharing my knowledge is the fuel. Yes. That when, when, they give, when they give away... That's that's when the dopamine hits for them. For me, giving away is just the first step. It's when I give away and I get that acknowledgement back that dopamine hits me. Yes. And so that yes. that's the trigger of, yes. of the Yes. So strength. those are two different things, right? Yeah. And then you have people who for whom it's more like going on a property and being yeah. able to just sort of see in their mind's eye what can be there. Yeah. And that probably for them is like the greatest hit and telling the customer about it or not telling the customer about it is secondary. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's that I love this because I think people can sort of go through their day. And I love the idea of the journal because that, that only, not only helps you sort of de, uh, de- deconstruct the feeling to sort of do what we just did and to learn why these, these, these uh, fuel moments happen, but also now you can see patterns because if you do it every time it happens, you can go back to your journal, which is, I'm assuming why you suggested this yes. is that you go back to your journal and you can say, Oh, that's a hit. That's a hit. That's a hit. What's in common here. Oh, that's a strength. Yeah. And, and I, I think that although it's kind of depressing, you should, you should journal the opposite too. Yeah. You know, there's certain things that you're kind of ambivalent to. I mean, look, some, some opponents of the strength movement say that it's Pollyanna-ish to want us to, you know, like, well, yes. And you know, we're going to be dancing in the rainbow and only working to our strengths and that's not reality and life is tough. And, you know, like I know, and we all have drudge work that we have to do. And sure. there's certain parts of my job that I don't really enjoy. But here's the thing. Like, what portion of your daily existence is in one bucket or another? And I think there are three buckets. There is the dopamine hit fueling strength bucket. Yep. There's the sort of, okay, got to do it. It's all right. I don't love it, you know, or I don't hate it. I just, it's okay. Which is probably the bulk of your day. Probably right? a lot people. of your work. Yep. Yeah. It doesn't like throw you into depression, but you're like, okay, fine. It's all right. And then there's these things that like, you feel like crap after you have to do it or when you're doing it, you know, it drains you of energy. It's the opposite of fuel. Right. It it repels you. It sends those chemical hits that say, uh, you know, threat, alert, red flag, go away. You know, you get those and you get those from your brain. And those are not life-giving things. Those are not life-giving activities. Now, yes, some part of our work will probably involve that. But what you want to do, you what you want to seek, and this is like that second half of that question you asked me earlier, that now your listeners will probably be well aware that I take forever to answer one question. <laughs> Now, this is super interesting. So, <laughs> okay, you said you know you said and you re- repeated back to me the from the title of my book how living how working from your strengths can help you f- live a more fulfilling life. And we first said, well, what is strength? Right. And then the second part of the thing is live a more fulfilling life. You you should seek to fill your daily existence with more of the things that make you feel good. And minimize the things that make you feel bad if you want to live a fulfilling and happy life. Yeah. And that's the key, right? So, yeah. so, so you're already experiencing them. It's part of who you are as a human being. That's you're right. experiencing strengths. You're experiencing these repelling events. By documenting them over time, you can start identifying them once you know what the definition is. So then you can, you can actually look and say, oh, that's a strength and that's a strength and that's a strength. By documenting them, then you can identify those strengths. That's the first part of it, right? Is to awareness, yeah. Identify what your strengths are. And that now to actually leverage that to live a more fulfilling life, do more of that. And and that also sort of leads to, well, what do I do with the stuff that I don't like to do or sort of is a drudge? How do I fill in? I only have a certain number of days or a certain number of hours per day. I wear lots of hats as a small firm architect. I'm doing everything, including the stuff I don't like. I'm doing, and I know that I'm doing way too much of the stuff I don't like. How do I get more, how do I fit more of the stuff that I do like and that yeah. I am good at and I do have strengths? How do I do that? Yeah. 
Well, and, and then the other, and the other thing is, remember the knowledge and skills part of the equation, you should also seek to grow Hmm. your strengths. And that is another thing that a lot of people are doing wrong because what they start to say is I'm terrible at blah, 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 or I don't like it when, you know, I, and and bosses do this to employees and organizations do this to people where we try to spend more time growing your weaknesses right, right, right? because we say, oh, there's a hole. This is something I'm not so good at. And let me get more knowledge and skills. Yes, you should neutralize your weaknesses so they don't hold you back. And you should probably develop more knowledge and skills enough so that they can become neutralized from being a weakness to being more of that ho-hum yeah. or outsource it. And grow your strengths. So you don't want to just be naturally great at it and never develop it. You want to keep actually like put more fuel in the fire. Like you want to grow your skills. So as a small business, and I I myself own a small business, I can tell you, I I definitely wear hats that that don't play to my strengths. So sometimes you say, okay, well, there are seasons in life, right? So if you think uh, one thing that can help is to just kind of take, uh, uh, oh, there's a word that somebody used recently that I want to use and it's not coming to my mind, um, altitude. Okay, so take an, uh, do an altitude, altitude, altitude exercise and step way up above where you are right now, out of the weeds, you know, out of like seeing the trees, but right. seeing the forest, Move right? up to the 30,000 foot mark. Yes. Look yes. down and at your life from, a, from yes. an airplane. And then you say, okay, what is my purpose with what I'm building? And where am I trying to go? Because sometimes that can give you the ability to sustain or with, withstand the period of time when you're saying, I'm not only working to my strengths. And that's because I'm at the stage where I don't have enough um, capital to outsource all the things I ought to be outsourcing, but I am working to make that the reality. And I have a plan and make a plan for how, whatever, one year in the future, five years in the future. I know Mark, you probably do this with your coaching clients. You, you help them make a plan to, to see that it's not going to be like this forever. And so you're serving the longer term goal with some drudgery, because, and that gives, and that allows you to be strong enough to handle it or to just, when you have those moments, when you're like, yuck, you're like, yes, but I'm building this now. Cause I know I'm going to let go of this part later. And then just, you know, roll up your sleeves, get into the muckety muck and do it. Okay. So that I think is one way that small businesses can do it. When you create a plan to move away from that, you know, it just sort of helps like anybody who's doing something that's really hard and, and terrible when you're climbing that hill, you just know what's at the top. you then it gives you the strength to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Gary Vaynerchuk calls it clouds and dirt. Okay. <laughs> he, yeah. he, uh, he says well, you have to live in the clouds cause you have to know where you're going and it's sort of the big picture, but you also have to be in the dirt every day doing the work, you know, getting yeah. through it, doing, doing some of the things that you don't like doing to get to where you ultimately want to be. That's right. And have a plan. And then, you know, how do you scale up? You know, there's so many, I'm sure you have so many other episodes where you talk about, you know, what are some of the ways that you can make smart plans to let go of certain things in order to grow. Right. Um, because if you just keep doing the same thing you're doing now, it'll never change. Right. Right. Small victories, incremental progress. 
Yeah. Or, or even small investments. So sometimes it's really scary to hire an assistant for something when you don't have a lot of money coming in, but you know that that's the only way it'll free you up to do what you're excellent at, what only you can do. Have you been listening to my meetings? (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there right now with that specific position. (laughs) Well, you know, I listen to my clients and it's, very similar, unfortunately, or fortunately, whatever humans struggle like this and business owners struggle like this and leaders struggle like this. And it, you know, the struggle is, is part of life, but what I'm trying to do, you know, my, like my goal is to just help as many people as possible, kind of get the light bulbs, the, the awareness, and then help them have the skills and then kind of motivate them to take action so that there are more people in the world using their strengths and living in a in a fulfilled way because i think that if i'm surrounded by people like that it's going to be a better world yeah yeah you know? and, and if you've built a, a business or an architecture firm filled with people who are living to their greatest strengths mm-hmm. so when you hire an assistant or you bring on a partner or you bring on a new project manager that person is is most likely going to take over one of the things that you don't like doing one of those, yes. those things that pull the energy from you, which now creates a void for you to fill and grow your strengths. Yeah. And so, but that person that you've hired has fuel doing the thing that you hate doing. Yes. And so That's now the they're, of it. they're fulfilled and they're yeah. bringing strength and more to the culture of your firm. And then you hire another person to fill another strength that you and that other person doesn't, don't like to do. And now you have a third person doing something that needs to be done, but they're being fulfilled with that strength. And so that's the key is to identify what your strength is, then put in people in the positions to, to thrive with their strengths, to fill the, the voids of the things that you don't want to do. So you can grow your strength. Exactly. And the counterpart to that is when we fall into the trap of hiring people who are just like us. Right. Ah, like we can. Oh, because I can connect with them because they're oh, they're Yes. Yeah. You speak my language like this is cool. Like you and I, Mark, I think we have a lot of things in common, Yeah. which is why we find ourselves in podcasting world. Right. Like we there's certain things we enjoy. But if I filled every, if everyone around me was just like me, clones of me. All of us would hate the stuff and no one would want to do it that needs getting done. But if I hired someone, but this means I have to be aware enough to say, well, I don't connect and click with this person as if we're we're twins, but I really appreciate them and we can get along, but I'm going to let them do them and I'm going to let them work to their strengths and encourage them and craft their job so that it's more of the things that are their strengths and less of the things that are not. And I'm going to stop trying to morph them into be more like me and let them be more like them and morph their job to suit them. And if I can hire people in that way and divide up the work in that way so that I'm not arbitrarily you know, and this is the problem in bigger organizations In smaller organizations, the cool thing is that you really can craft jobs in a very flexible way in bigger organizations. And we've all been in that, in that probably in that situation where, you know, there's a job description and part of it fits and part of it isn't a fit and, or larger organizations struggle with the ability to be flexible, to say, you know what, we're going to change your job description now that I understand who you are and you're going to just do those parts, you know, that are sort of like the, the fuel bucket and the ho-hum bucket and take away these like draining things from you. Yeah. And we're going to reshape that and we're going to find somebody to do those who loves 
to do that or for whom it's more of a ho-hum thing. Right. And, and as a business owner, as an as a entrepreneur architect who, who owns an architecture firm, who's the leader, that's part of your job is to create that environment to encourage that culture of growth, of yes. whatever that strength is that that person has. It's your job to create the environment to allow that person to grow. Even if it's yeah. something that you don't like to do, it's your job to make sure that they have the resources, they have the encouragement, they have the support to grow their strength. Yeah. And, you know, as a smart business owner, of course, you have to make sure that there is, you know, if you think of a Venn diagram, their strengths should overlap with your needs for your business, right? right. Like we're not in a nonprofit charity here right. to just grow people and spend money or time growing people in directions that don't sustain and support our business and our our business goals. But if you find people where there is an overlap between the things that need doing and the things they love to do, the thing that gives them joy, the thing that is their strength, and then you grow them in that, you it's a win-win. Because the other part we haven't talked about necessarily, but it leads naturally to it, is think about how does a person work when they're working to their strengths versus how does a person work when they're working from something that's just sort of tolerable versus how does a person work when they have to do things for a great period of time that they absolutely despise. And if you think about how we show up, how we show up with the quality how we show up with our energy, how much we're likely to go above and beyond, how much we're going to stick to something that's hard to do, um, how much we're going to go for excellence rather than accept mediocrity. All of the things that we seek in our own work and in our and for your firm, the things that that will give your clients what they seek when they pay for your work, all of those things are fueled by strengths and drained by weaknesses. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think we are, I think there are a lot of people right now listening who are listening to us talk and things are starting to click in their mind and they're, they're realizing these are my strengths. This is what makes me happy. This is what makes me sad. And I know for years I've been thinking I need to hire that person. I need to hire that person. I need to create that partnership with that person that I've already identified. It's just, a, it's scary and there's lots of fear involved. I'm, challenging you right now to take that first step to take to make the commitment right now because right now you're hearing uh Haleli and, and and i talk about this and you're enthusiastic about it and you're encouraged about it and and so make it happen right now take the first step toward that call that person or make a put it on your calendar that on this date you're going to uh write the the role description for that position that you know that needs to be filled. But make that commitment now and take and take that first step so it happens. Nice. I like that a lot. Yeah. And then and then write Mark a thank you note because then he gets That's his right. document hit. And then Andre Architect <laughs> continues to grow. No, write him a review on iTunes. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. That's the way that's the, and the entire Entree Architect, everybody's heard me say this. The entire Entree Architect platform has was 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 born that way from encouragement, from people telling this needs to exist and you're the guy to make this exist. And then as it's grown, it's grown because people have acknowledged the fact that it's important in our profession and that it keeps growing. And so I just keep pouring my fuel back into the into this platform. And so it's exciting. And it's exciting to talk to you, Haleli, uh, because it lights me back up. You know, it's sort of, 
it reminds me of why I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, and I told you that I liked these two subjects of fulfillment and strengths. Um, and I think this was a fantastic conversation. So thanks for com- coming here and inspiring people to, uh, to start to, to focus on their strengths. And probably even more important than focusing on their strengths is to acknowledge their weaknesses and find a way to remove that from your life so you can have a more fulfilling life filled with the things that you do love to do, that you, do, uh, you have strength for. So thank you for that. You're so welcome, Mark. It's my pleasure. And, you know, as a person who's my, my life revolves around developing leaders and you've been we've been talking about hiring people and helping them work to their strengths. I would just put like, you know, get on my soapbox about how to be a good leader and just ask people listening also that, you know, as you're developing this awareness and I, we suggested you journal and you think about this, get in, engage your employees in these kinds of conversations. Mm. If you want people that will go through hell and, and fire for, and, and whatever you, however you say that, go through fire for you. you, you can be the kind of leader that inspires them to develop an awareness and work to their strengths. Yeah. And you can just pass on what you're learning and how you're doing it for you to the people that work for you. Yeah, very good advice, very good advice. And, and I'm going to ask you my final question that I ask everyone. And that might be the answer. So you can just say that's the answer if it is. But what's one thing that a small firm architect can do today to build a better business for tomorrow? Yeah, I would say discover your strengths uh, and work towards using them daily. So your, your question to yourself is, what are my strengths? And then the second question is, do I get to use these strengths Every day at work. And now I notice I didn't say every day, all day. Yeah. But they should be showing up every day. And if they're not, even for little glimpses while you're in the in the dirt, like Gary, Gary V says, in the dirt, there should be tiny little sparks mm-hmm. of dopamine here and there to keep you alive, to keep you fueled. And if you don't have that, you must rework your formula. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. How can, how can people reach out to you to say, for one, to say thank you? And if they do need some help doing this to sort of get through this, this is what you do. So how can people reach out to you and contact you to say, hey, I would love to talk to you? Uh, actually, the person who connected us with, was Earl Parson, uh, one of our members, one of my good friends, a longtime um, uh, Entree Architect member, is also one of your clients. And so w- what... How can they reach out to you and, yeah. and and ask that question? And I'll just I'll just make sure you know that he's not a client of mine. He's actually just a, a mastermind partner of mine. Oh, okay. Earl and I Earl and I just sort of uh, help each other grow our businesses even, and, and even better. Our good friends. Yeah. I love Earl. Okay. Um, well, my company is Talent Grow. My website is talentgrow.com. This is where I can be reached. My, my email address is haleli at talentgrow.com. Haleli is H-A-L-E-L-L-Y. And I am on social media at Haleli Azulai on um, Twitter, on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn. I love to connect with people on LinkedIn. And I have a book that is called Strength to Strength that I sell from my website. And if they're interested, it's a short book and it has uh, a lot of actionable worksheets and things in it to help people actually work through this kind of thinking to help make it into a reality. So if you're interested, you can buy that. All right. Absolutely. We'll, we'll have links to everything that you just 
uh, mentioned highly, including the link to the book. So we'll have a direct link right to the book um, at entrearchitect.com slash episode 258, 258. Uh, so they could just link there and we'll find everything. Haleli, Azulai will be there. And I would love to connect. Yeah. 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 So, uh, Haleli, thank you very much for sharing your knowledge. This has been fantastic. I really enjoyed this conversation. Uh, thanks for sharing your knowledge with the Entree Architect community. Thank you so much for inviting me. I've enjoyed it as well, and I'll be happy to come back over and over until you're sick of me. Okay. Well, I'd <laughs> love to have you back because I love talking to you. So we'll, uh, we'll look forward to the future. Thanks, Mark. That was episode 258. Episode 258. That's the link to share, entrearchitect.com slash episode 258. You know, this podcast grows every week because you are sharing that link, entrearchitect.com slash episode 258. You know, every time I hear about an architect who doesn't know about the Entree Architect podcast, I'm honestly surprised. By now, since we launched this back in 2012, the entire world should know about Entree Architect podcast because every week you're sharing that link. It's entrearchitect.com slash episode 258. And while you're there, while you're clicking away at that keyboard, I have another place for you to go. Don't tell anybody. It's a secret. Haleli, after our conversation today, she sent me a free gift for you, for anybody who's listening, but only to the people who are listening to this episode. It's at talentgrow.com slash entrearchitect. It's a downloadable worksheet. It's called Strength to Strength Activity Worksheet, and it will help you to identify your unique strengths and how to leverage them to live a more fulfilling life. It's right there on the paper. So you can go grab it right now. It's free right now at talentgrow.com slash entrearchitect. Go grab it. And Entree Architect membership. Are you a member of Entree Architect yet? Are you a member of Entree Architect membership? No? Why? That, that's, that's insane. Why would you not be a member of the Entree Architect membership? There's a new masterclass expert training webinar Every month, every month we have a new expert come in and train us on something that we don't know yet. And it's really, they're really good training sessions. So every month we do that and you get access to the entire archive of training sessions. And now there's more than 40 of them covering topics for architects in business, leadership, and life. And you access all our business resources, including the world famous hybrid proposal and our Entree Architect Foundations documents. That's 50 uh, business forms and templates and checklists and all the things you need to run your business. It's there in the foundation's documents. Those are all free inside the membership. Access to all our digital courses, including the Get Focused Productivity course designed specifically for architects and an invitation to join our private Entree Architect member forum powered by Slack. So you get training, resources, and a private community with hundreds of entrepreneur architects just like you. That is the Entree Architect membership. And why are you not a member yet? Join hundreds of your fellow entrepreneur architects and me inside Entree Architect membership right now. Gain full instant access at entrearchitect.com. Right there on the homepage, entrearchitect.com. Click the enroll button and come hang out with us inside the member forum and grab all those good stuff and the monthly training sessions at entrearchitect.com. My name is Mark Arlapage and I'm an entrepreneur architect. And I encourage you to build a better business so you can be a better architect. That's the whole point. 
build a better business, be a better architect. That's how it works. Build a better business. Then you become a better architect. You have the time, the resources, the freedom. You know, you know how that works? Right now you're sort of struggling and you're stressed and, you're, and nothing's really working the way you really wanted it to work from the very beginning. It's because you don't have a better business. Build a better business. Then be a better architect. Join us, entrearchitect.com. Love, learn, share. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this. I'm looking for projects. You got anything? I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, we'll buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like, how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh my One that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity, where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast, it's a community where dreams meet action. There is a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was, it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is gonna be a priority. When the job is done, we're gonna actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. <laughs> and so for me, the, the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like, that would be 60% of it, if not more. 
gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.